please be advised. The Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Hey, yo, it's Treasy. Yo, it's Corey. It's Martin the Mailman. It's Jesse T. And I'm Young Leezy. And we got a Kind of Movie Critics, man, here for uh, episode 17. About young Oakja. Oh, we're 17 episodes in? 17 episodes in. Oh, wow. In. That's fun. We're almost legal. Almost legal. Not yeah. quite yet, though. <laughs> Not quite. We still flash on the PYT. Check for ID. That's funny. Yo, man, that damn, uh, did y'all, did you, Martin, did you peep that Curvy Enthusiasm? Oh, you don't like Curvy Enthusiasm, right? Yeah, I never watched the episode. Get what? The fuck out of here, <laughs> nah. I mean, I never had HBO, so. I mean, back when Curvy Enthusiasm is like pre- like streaming and like Napster and all that, like yeah, on video demand, stuff. Though, but... It wasn't pre Napster. I mean, not pre, but it was pre the culture of like pirating stuff. And, <laughs> I, and I, was, I was a kid, so I couldn't like have access. to I've it. never watched. I don't think what? I've watched any episodes of it. Yeah, yeah no. but see, the thing about Martin and why you're bullshit right now is because aren't you like a huge Game of Thrones fan that's on HBO too? <laughs> Well, I mean, I watch it off somebody else's account. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> well, your enthusiasm it's still out there available. Too. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, man, the uh, little teaser trailer for season nine came out today. What's how long was the the hiatus? Like years, right? Season, yeah, season eight was like 2011, 2012. and it was like, like a that. hiatus before that too, right? I mean, I think just a typical in-between season hiatus. I feel like they went a long time and made one, and now they've gone like an even longer time. I'm not mad, though. I, that's I'm here for Larry David. That's yeah. a great show. So I have a question, because um, I know Larry David, David did both Seinfeld and Curb. Like, which one do you think is better? I like Curb better. I'm not interested in watching Seinfeld ever. I've never watched an episode of Seinfeld, but I really, really like Curb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Seinfeld. Yeah, that's like my cool. favorite sitcom. Seinfeld's dope. It's, it's the same type of humor. But it's a different setting, and that setting makes a huge difference. Like, I'm not a big fan of like. I'm they not both a, in New York, though, right? No, no. Oh, Curb is in, in LA. Now the last season, season eight, was in New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's set in LA. It's like Larry David's life after Seinfeld, basically. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? But I, I like it just because it's the different setting. I'm not. I'm not huge on like sitcoms. I mean, I watch them. I have watched them or whatever. But I like when shows are out of the sitcom sort of like sets and shit like that and into the real world, you know what I mean? But it's but the same type of humor though. Isn't it isn't it like mostly improv though? It's not like they have like a loose script, but it's mostly improv. Yeah, yeah. Apparently he 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 comes on the scene with like an outline, like the same shit we do our episodes with. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they do like a whole TV show based off of it. and I think it's like, all right, this is the basis of this conversation and the conversation has to end on this and everything in between. You know, we have to hit this, we have to hit this, we have to hit that and end on this. And then they just kind of put it together. So. I really enjoy the way that he handles like, um, like difficult topics. He'll talk about like social issues and race, but it's like in the most delicate but hilariously funny way ever. Exactly. And it's never offensive. It's never offensive. It, well, he just does this really cool thing where he always makes himself the asshole. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think like, I think when it's when it's when you position yourself like that, you can get away with a lot more when you make yourself look like the dumbass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Larry David just always looks like the dumbass in every situation. But I think without honestly, I feel like without Kirby enthusiasm, you don't get Louie. And I feel like without Louie, we don't get Atlanta. 
Huh. Wait, so, I, I, that's fair. That's yeah, fair as hell. Yeah. So is JB like good on the show? Because I never really see anything with JB smooth. JB smooth. Like, yeah, he's like he's amazing. Funny. Oh, he's really he's, funny on the show. That's the only thing I watch him in. Like yeah. anything else, I see JB in is not really funny to me. Yeah. But he's he's his character. It's his character that's like completely outlandish, but it fits. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like. Tony Duberstein. Yeah. <laughs> that that and uh, when uh, the Joe Peppertone yeah. jersey, that's my shit. You want know? me to go get your motherfucking jersey? Get your jersey. Nigga, <laughs> <laughs> Joe Peppertone, nigga. Yeah. So um, if if I were to binge it, like like is it like good for the first three seasons if and it falls off, or is it look good? No, like, it's all the good. Way? They Every they added season. black people. Well, there were always black people, but they added. JV Smooth and Vivica Fox, yeah. like later. Yeah, like season four, season five. I think they came. They were out. Katrina yeah. refugees, right? That's where they came in. They came in from Katrina, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> and Larry David took them in. My favorite is Jeff's wife, though. Like Jeff's wife cussing him oh out my is my God. favorite part of every episode. Oh, she's fucking annoying. I love her. Yeah, you bald fuck. <laughs> and then when, when uh. Uh, Wanda Sykes when she makes her appearances. She always, oh my God. Yeah. So my favorite joke on that show ever is Makai Pfeiffer's like his new accountant or some such thing. And he goes right. and sees him and he's fucking staring at him and shit. And he has on a bow tie and he comes out and he meets one and he's like, eh, Wanda, I got a question. <laughs> he was, she was like, what do you want? And he was like, if I see a black man wearing a bow tie, is it safe to assume he's in the nation of Islam? Right. And she's like, I'm not the fucking spokesperson for black people. Right. <laughs> but you know, the thing that made it funny is that's exactly what the fuck I think when I see a black guy right. in the time. I'm Real like, talk. oh, he's in the nation. Real talk. Yeah, I forgot Mikhail Pfeiffer played. He was on that job. Wasn't he like a lawyer? And he like, was a lawyer or, or business manager or something yeah. like that. It was but like it, a very serious role. But I but I like that he went for the joke because the joke's funny, right? Without being offensive because black people think the same thing. Right. And I love how she responded because that's exactly how I want to respond to those kind of questions in right. real life. It was great. Yeah. We might need to do an episode when when season nine comes out, man. Let's do October it. October first. Um, and I don't know. Did y'all get around to seeing the Defiant ones while we're talking about HBO? I watched a good portion of the first episode. Uh, I'm feeling it, man. Yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. man, this 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 might be the most compelling music documentary I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, and is it just gonna be on Dr. Dre and uh, yeah. the other guy, or is it Jimmy gonna branch I mean. out? Because it seemed like it was gonna branch out to talk about more people. No? no, I mean, well, it's yeah, it's just about Jimmy Iovine and, okay. and Dr. Dre's friendship. It's a four part series, though. Okay, so yeah, and I think they're all streaming. On, on HBO now they are yeah. so where they re- have they all been released or are they just streaming because so, I'm watching H- I'm watching them on HBO well I haven't watched them all I started I got maybe 30 minutes into it and then I got distracted I mean on HBO I watched all four of them last well I watched three of them last night and, and number four this morning so I don't know their release strategy but <laughs> if, if you're streaming it they're all all four of them are up yeah there. I saw I saw I gotta I gotta finish that yeah that was a very compelling documentary man like shout out to the Hughes brother well Alan Hughes I guess because he's the only one that worked on it I don't know yeah I didn't see Albert yeah it was really good though um anything else capture you guys' attention this week Insecure is coming back oh yeah ready for that right now I all the black group, girl magic totally group Daniel Craig is looking like he's gonna sign on for fifth James Bond very right. I like Daniel Craig I like James Bond yeah me so. too I was looking forward to Idris Elba though. Idris Elba would have been cool. Yeah. I mean, but there's still hope for Idris Elba. Like if he's not dead. Eventually, eventually, uh, Daniel Craig will step down. It's not like a. I mean, if when he steps down, that'll be news as well. Right. So it's a it's like a tenure. Who would you want to take his place? I have no idea. Idris Elba. Idris. (laughs) I mean, Idris Elba would be. Idris Elba would be cool. I'd take Idris if I couldn't get Idris. I definitely want a black James Bond. But if I couldn't get Idris, I would take Chewie a GF4. I'd take him. 
I can't see that one. No. You can't see it? No. I can't see that one. Hell no. He's smooth as shit. I can see it. He's but, I, smooth, but just but... my luck, they fucking probably give it to like David a yellow or some such nonsense. <laughs> give it to uh, Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, would, no oh shade. my god! I, or they give it to Bokeem Woodbine. I'm I'm shooting oh. up a fucking beat. I just want people, <laughs> I want people to believe in me like people believe in Bokeem Woodbine, man. I went to I, see Spider Man and I like uh, I was like Spider Man and then I was like that's motherfucking Bokeem Woodbine. Did it uh, I, movie I didn't for you? think he was that. I think he did all right. He was. I mean, he was basically I mean, Bokeem Woodbine, but yeah. he was all right. I mean, Spider Man was kind of because um, it, it was like very very teen movie, which yeah. I wasn't super mad at because Spider Man's a teenager, but. I would have. I thought it was cool that they put um, that they put Donald Glover in it because everyone was wanting him to play Miles Morales. We're never getting fucking Miles Morales. He movie, actually but... plays his uncle though, so we might get it. He plays his uncle. Yeah. And what? Because he makes a reference to like uh, my neighbor, my nephew being in this neighborhood, and his nephew is uh, Miles Morales. Like he's the problem. Like I guess he's is like that is that the, the uncle's name? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. See, I'm learning. I would love nice. to see it. I, don't, I I wonder who they would pick though. Like who's? Who? I think they're doing an animated version of it. They're not going to do like a live action. No, that's bullshit. Miles they should put Morales. it on Netflix. Yeah, they should. Marvel could do that. Mm. I think a lot of people are in it though, like the the animated one. Like oh. I think um, Mahershala Ali's in it or something like that. Oh well, sign me up. Yeah. Oh, he could do a Bond. I think he could. No, he can't. He's not British. He's not a, British. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's not British. Yeah. Well, fuck it. They um, come over here and do our roles. Shit, oh. don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, isn't wasn't Sean Connery Scottish? Yeah, but that's still yeah, in the yeah, UK. Yeah, still the UK. Yeah. 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 I mean, you do kind of need to be British, but maybe you don't. I don't yes, know. Yes, you do. They, yeah, they like I British people are not with the shit. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna. I think you'll get a black James Bond soon, but you ain't gonna get a non-British. James Bond. I don't yeah, think that's going to happen. like, happened. Jamie Foxx should be James Bond. I was like, no. here. <laughs> if I ever see that, dog, that's, that's, that would be the end of it for me. So you going to shoot up a theater. Right. Straight up. No bullshit. He's like, paintballs. Paintballs, people. We well, I think paintballs. With, with this tenure, too, they that that franchise, they take a lot of control and, and responsibility and with pride, that. Yeah. And pride in it. So I think they tr- they're... This this franchise turn has turned into something they're really gonna I think make a right a uh, really conscious decision of who's the best person for it. So. Mm. Well, I hope so. I mean, I don't think there's been a bad Bond yet. You Timothy know what I mean? Dalton? Fuck out of here! I like Tim Dalton. Not a yeah, fan. Here's Brosnan. He, he wasn't bad. He just wasn't my favorite. Yeah, but and then what's uh, Roger Moore? Roger Moore is Roger Moore is the one. I wasn't a big Roger, like Roger, Roger Moore, Moore fan. Yo, he shout out to. Funny. Shout out to uh, I think his name is New World Now World Now World on uh SoundCloud. Uh, I think he's been engaging in a lot of our episodes, and I think he said something like Roger Moore was his favorite too. Was it him that said that? I don't know. I don't think we did. We talk about James Bond. I don't know. I don't think. I don't know. I yeah, gotta look. We, we sorry. That's we, the homie. Sorry. Yeah, but hold on. I want to get. I, I want to look this up because I want to get there because I want to. You know what? I want to really reward people that actually, you know, that they actually uh converse with us on our social media especially after i went on with that rant about how people don't yeah now world shout out to you and also seven sharks that's who it was now world and seven sharks shout out to y'all on soundcloud for engaging in conversation on our episode so um all right man well let's get into old oja 
the uh, manatee pig. <laughs> manatee super pig. Yeah, manatee super pig, man. Um, so apparently this is one of the 20 plus releases that are original movies from Netflix that's going to be releasing in 2017. Um, so I, I saw a couple of other ones that were out there. They just been cranking them out. I look and everything has Netflix Net- original stamped mm-hmm. on it. I started to watch War Machine. It was pretty funny, but it lost me about halfway through. Well, I fell asleep halfway through. I should say that, but that ain't really hard considering. Yeah, story of my life. Yeah. I'm like, I fell asleep on it. I'm like, that's no bearing on the quality of the movie at all. I'm just a sleepy bitch. Right. But I, I didn't. But I didn't go back to it, and that's what was kind of an indication that I wasn't really interested. Right. Usually, I'll go back to it. But all right, so. Uh, Oh, Corey with the synopsis. Let's go ahead and get it in. Meet Mia, a young girl who risks everything. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> I said that, yeah. Meet Mija, a young girl who risks everything to prevent a powerful multinational company from kidnapping her best friend, a fascinating animal named Okja. Great. Sounds compelling. Especially when you read it, Corey. It sounds very compelling. Yeah. You're, I mean, you, have, you need to watch In a World. Good. Yeah. Oh, that's with uh, uh, what's her name? Something. Oh, Lane, Lake Bell, right? Lake I, Bell. I really yeah. want to watch yeah. that movie, but I have no clue where to watch that. It, it was, was on Netflix. Netflix. Oh, it was on Netflix. It was on, Netflix. It was on yeah. Netflix. It was on Tubi. Like yeah. it's it's. I think it's on Tubi now, so that's okay. free. You can watch it. Mm. So um, no, I joked before, but exactly what was Okja? It, it A was, super pig. Did they was it, was it mixed with something? Did I miss that so, part? Here's the thing, right? We know that the movie's not really about a pig. The movie's about like social issues or whatever, which is why we're here because it's what we do. Right. But supposedly she was a super pig. The story that they sold was that she was found in like the mountains of Chile. Um, well, not Okja, but her ancestor, um, her parent was found. Um, her mother was found in the the mountains of Chile, and they brought her back to a farm and like non forcibly mated her. And here's my trouble with that. Like, I think that they threw that stupid ass story in there just as like to see how gullible people are. I want to know how you can mate one animal. Yeah, that's true. They found one pig and then they had 26. Well, I kind of took it as that that was the way for like that was the way they softened up the the idea of this animal. Right. Like it has to have an (laughs) origin story. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, but what I'm saying is they try, they obviously, like, she's GMO, right? Yeah, yeah, so, clearly. so <laughs> it's kind of like, but they said, like, we discovered her in the mountains of Chile. Well, you can't mate one animal, no matter how hard you try. Like, she's GMO. But they tried to, they invented an animal. So, yeah, it's, it's like they crossbred a bunch of shit to come up with a super pig. Right. So they could have like this amazing food source. But the fact that people went for it and they were like, oh, it's from Chile. And I'm like, no, it's it's a one female pig. You can't right. You can't make 26 from one. You have to have two. Right. Well, don't well, isn't it kind I mean, but isn't that kind of like can't that happen with us? You know what I'm saying? Can't like it like no like you didn't did you take it? I took it like this is the exact way that they could roll out some shit and we would believe it. Like, I, like I'll tell you exactly what I'm saying. Um, I never heard of this breed of fish until maybe like two years ago. It's something called like, um, um, uh, starts with an S, uh, well, I've heard sway. People, oh, I don't know what that is, but yeah. I've heard people say the same thing about tilapia. They're like, tilapia is just a genetically modified organism. They didn't exist until 10 years ago. And I'm like, no, tilapia is cichlids. It's, right. They just call it something else. Right. 
Well, yeah, there's a type of fish. I think it's pronounced sway. I had never heard of it until like two years ago. It probably ago. is just another species of fish that they gave a different name. I'll give you an example. Like people eat pigeons, but they fucking call it squab. It's a fucking pigeon. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. And, and you're right, though, because they make it sound fancier. It's marketing. But I'm just kind of like, well, that's everyone bought that. I think that that was meant to show like that people are gullible. And she said... She made a comment. She was like, if if it's cheap, people will eat it. Right. And it's kind of like, well, it doesn't matter. People want it because it's accessible. And so they're not going to care that it's wholly, you know, manufactured in a lab. Right. And when you say she, you're talking about Tilda Swinton's character. Yeah, Lucy Miranda. Yeah, Lucy Miranda. Actually, no. Her sister, Nancy, was yeah. the one who said that. But right. her twin sister said it. But yeah, right. which I thought was also interesting. Yeah. Well, see, that's, what I, that's where I thought, like, the whole messaging, you know, what made it socially... Um, a thing is, is I, I just kind of feel like that that would, that's what they that's what they do with us. They just kind of feed us anything, like oh no, this is a hundred percent organic and this and that, and, and we're forced to believe it because. Does the what? FDA even really have standards on what you can stamp organic? Because I I read somewhere that they don't like they don't really they don't really they don't really like regulate that. Yeah, I, I heard something crazy like if it's if it's uh. A certain percentage, like if it's like forty percent organic, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, what's the rest? <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Then it kind of yeah. gets stamped a certain way. But that was a big thing. Uh, them trying to get legislation passed to like take the uh, branding and stuff off of meat, as far as just like what's in it, where it's come from, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's I feel like those kind of themes kind of come into play with this a little bit as right. well. Like we don't know where the stuff is coming from. I mean, I've seen videos on Facebook of like big cows that are like all super muscular and stuff like that, and that's probably what we're eating now. Oh mm-hmm. hell yes, what you're eating. That's mm-hmm. why they now will. And I would rather it tell me no antibiotics or which that's not necessarily a bad thing. You gotta keep the fucking animal alive. You don't want it to be have diseases, but right. um, they'll say like no growth hormones, that kind of stuff, and like. Um, like in milk, that the, the the cows are not fed hormones to mm. make them make milk. Like I'd rather them just say that than tell me it's organic. Like because that doesn't really mean shit to me. I want to know what you didn't put in this shit. Uh huh. Yeah. So I mean, so is is that the messaging that we got from this film? That it's it's, I mean, because it's dual layered. Obviously, it's about this relationship with Mija and you know Okja. You know, you've got that element of like. You're taking my best friend. Yeah, she didn't have any family other than her grandfather in Oakshire. So, like, that was her life. Right. So, you got that. Then we've got the whole element of, like, this animal being taken to, you know, fulfill a quota of processing for uh, for food consumption. Um, so, you know, it seemed like they did a really good balance in between, give you know, making this human quality and making us be attached to this specific animal for whatever reason. Well, I think I think that it's layered. Obviously, I think that because I'm me. But I think there was messaging there about capitalism uh-huh. and about protest and what people's motives for protest are. Uh-huh. And um, also about, like, they almost were humanizing, like you said, the animal to make you think, well, like, you eat these animals, but they, they have, you know, they're sentient beings and they have, you know, a life and, right. and thoughts and memories and all those good things too. So I think I think all of that was there. I'm not exactly sure what you're supposed to take away from Okja being a sentient being, but I guess it's supposed to tug at your heartstrings. Like, yeah, because I'll be honest, I didn't look at this and think I wanted to go vegan after this. You oh, know fuck what I'm no. saying? Like, I didn't. So I don't know if that was like a, a, a <laughs> like an agenda, but it didn't really work. 
I ain't gonna lie, I had like a lazy moment this morning. Cause you know how you said uh, you watched the uh, Kendall Jenner commercial. He was like, I'm still drinking this Pepsi though. <laughs> right. I, I, I like, I watched Oja last night and I had like that sausage egg and cheese. Sausage and cheese, man. I was oh, cooking a pot God. roast while I was watching the film. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> he was cooking a pot roast <laughs> while he was watching the film. Was. Yeah. It was it was good too, yeah. but I understood a little bit more that perspective now, and I feel like like I get it, you know. I, I see don't. The, I understand it. I, but I mean, I don't. Well, when you say you understand it. this perspective, what do you mean? Well, the perspective of just people who um, don't eat pork for the fact that it's a living animal, right? You know, or just any animal and stuff like that. Like I feel like in our society, people are becoming more conscious of that type of stuff. You're seeing more veganism and vegetarians and stuff like that. And it's cool, but I like pork. So I have, okay. <laughs> but where they fucked up at, too, is that they that let her epic. raise the pig for 10 years. Mm. I think if I had a pig for 10 years, I don't think I'd want you to eat it either. I think, like, that, all like, that, I think that all of that is stupid, and I'm going to yeah. tell you why. And I think it's meant to be like a juxtaposition there, because this is um weird fun fact about me. I don't believe in pets. <clears throat> and I don't, not only do I not believe in pets, I think that if you have an animal and it has a utility that's completely different, like if you have a dog to protect your home, that's one thing. But if you have the dog and you're like, and I'm sorry because I know I'm going to get flack for this, you'll be like, oh, it's my baby. And I'm like, it's not your baby. You bought this animal and you are requiring it to fucking love you and it has no duty to love you back. So in this movie, I think it's very interesting that Okja is literally a manufactured being. Mm -hmm. Which they, they deliver it to her, but people do that. They like they develop these relationships that and none of that shit is real. It's all manufactured. The animal's fucking dependent on you. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that was interesting too. I'm sure that's not the messaging, but that's that's really like my belief system. I'm like, okay, don't get me wrong. I, it's not me having like tugging at my heartstrings like, oh, you shouldn't have pets. And I'm like, yeah, all of that shit's not real. I don't get it. Well, I, I thought it was more interesting just from a cultural perspective. It's like Mija and Oja's relationship like, it seemed like, I mean, that's really all they had. Like, who else were her friends, really? You know, she's living on a mountaintop by herself. And then seeing that kind of lifestyle with the American consumerism lifestyle and seeing us how, like, just the real negative sides, I think, of our society and capitalism and stuff like that, I think that was really interesting. Like, I feel like I, I could see, you're seeing it through, like, the director's eyes, and it's not an American first perspective I think that's something that we haven't really seen. Well, before. see, I think the irony of that too is that like the animals that we choose to befriend in this country are like food on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really interesting that they chose a pig because a pig over here is food, and then like she decided to befriend it. So it's like to make you think like, oh, well, that's food. Well, no, it's a pet. No, it's food. Mm -hmm. And we kind of do the same thing. We we have like this hierarchy of loving animals and, and their importance mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I don't know if any of that was intentional, but you know, this is just how I watch movies. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, part of me, if I had to put a percentage to it, I feel like um, 30% of the movie was actually trying to shove a message down our throat and the other 70% was just story building. Hmm. You know, like, I, I feel like even though it had a message, I feel like the message was kind of like the background to just this story of this friendship, like on some Charlotte Webb type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like... That that that's kind of what I because because again like not, nothing about it I mean the fact that it was this super created animal that just took it away from personalization period like I didn't look at it and feel like oh shit I'm eating a pig like it, it doesn't look like a pig you know so it doesn't look like anything that I know I eat it looks like a hippo and an elephant and a pig at the same time yeah so it's like so in doing that it kind of reduced 
the whole like social element to me because mm-hmm. it it it's obviously fictional, you mm-hmm. know, like when when you when you kind of set it up in that manner. And so that's why I give it like I feel like 30% of it was really to, you know, bring to like social issues. I feel like the the messages there were like, I don't know that they necessarily shoved it down our throat, but I think that they were very front and center. And I think like specific characters representing specific things and specific interests was like, that wasn't, none of that was really coded. So I agree with you. No, it wasn't shoving it down your throat, but I don't think that it was meant to be like the backdrop either. I think you were definitely supposed to digest that. Yeah, no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, no. I, no, I, I definitely, I get what you're See saying. What I did there. I, I, I definitely get what you're saying. Like, and I, and I'm not saying that the message isn't prominent. It's just like I almost feel like the, I feel like, like when they were creating the story, it started with, you know, how do we create this story about uh, a friendship of a of a girl and an animal, and then they built on that as opposed to like how do we get this story across about you know, GMOs and, you know, toxic food, you know, and the process that goes with it. And then they built, then they went backwards to build it to the story. That, you understand what I'm saying? I'm very, cu- I'm very curious about that. Like, I'd want to sit down with the director and, and pick his brain anyway. Yeah. Well, speaking of the director, so let's jump into that. Jun Ho Bong, which this becomes your field, Martin. And <laughs> Martin knows pretty, all about the Asian I'm people who make movies. <laughs> I think it's Bong Ju Ho, but I guess... You- you probably could say Jun Ho Bong. Well, I, IMDb credited credits in both ways. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, whichever way is proper though, because I know yeah. you're like very <laughs> versed with like Asian culture. So I don't want to, I don't want to go wrong there. But um, so he did Snowpiercer. Yeah. Which to me is a far, is a far like, um, it's just a far Period. better social com- commentary to me. In terms of something that it because it's really personal, you know, I, I was able to take that story personal. Well, see, Snowpiercer is it's, it's it's a I don't think it's I don't think it's a better social commentary. I just think it's talking about something different. Snowpiercer is more about classism and like a physical representation of what revolution looks like, as opposed to this just being more about capitalism and corporations and social interests. You know social justice warriors or whatever you want to call them. Right. Well, we'll see. The thing is, and you know, I feel like I'm hogging up this episode, so I'm going to let somebody else talk. But the thing <laughs> is, is that like, I feel like in this story, the only reason that the shit was bad was because Okja and her were friends. Like, I feel like when I watch Snowpiercer, I, you know, I, I, I actually, I'm mad at the class system where it's like, I'm not really mad at the food processing system. I think I, you have, but okay, so... So that, I think in terms of like what's important to you, that maybe is why. Um, to you, it, crazy it, as it a could, person, it could be, it could be, but that, but it could be, it very well could be. But I mean, food is, I mean that that's it doesn't get no much more personal than food. I don't think it gets much more personal than food, but I think like some people put emphasis on that, and some people don't. I'm not one of those people. I just sat here and told you about like how how lame it is. I think it is. I have a pet, but like. I eat a pig's ass if you cook it right. Like, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not that person. So like, I don't. It, I just think about it like this: there's just so much that I don't know, and I haven't died yet. And you know, life kills you one breath at a time. So I'm, I don't really care about it from that aspect. But in terms of it giving you a peek behind the curtain, I thought it was really important in that way. But it didn't tug at my heartstrings because 
I didn't care. I thought it was brilliantly executed in terms of the messaging. Right. But Snowpiercer, I think the messaging is closer to home for you, and maybe that's what it no, is. No, you know what? And I just thought about it. No, I, and this is why I refute. This is why I will refute that. Is because I watched like Forks Over Knives or Food Inc. and I get mad about the food system when I watch that. Like I get I get mad at the manipulation that goes on because it's like they put it in a way more. They just they kind of like twist the story. I'm not going to say twisted, but they frame it to where it's like, yo, they're really, people are really trying to affect you personally. You know, they kind of frame it that way and it makes me mad and it makes me think about the things that I'm eating. Whereas like this didn't do that. So no, I am capable of, I, I do care about, you know, food when it's framed properly, but this I, just, this just didn't do I'm it I'm not going to watch you cut off a pig's head and I'm going to eat bacon. Like I don't give a fuck. Right. But yeah, I don't want you to kill somebody's pet pig. Because even though I think all that's bullshit, like, I care that they are hurt behind it, I guess. So, I, Mija can have Okja back. That's fine. All right. I wanted to see Okja go home, but, you know. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them motherfuckers going to die. We're going to have amazing pork chops. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <You're stupid. laughs> they, they don't know anything else. They don't know any other life. Like, you understand what I'm saying? I guess, right. like, that's that kind of sucks. Like, if you frame that about, like, people... But they don't they don't know anything else. Their existence is shitty from beginning to end, whereas Okja had something else to live for. Correct. Yeah. Well they they're sentient though, so they are sentient. I, yeah, but I mean I, I it's serving a purpose. A bitch gotta eat a sandwich at some point. <laughs> Damn. Yo, you sound like hella like <laughs> Yo, keep you sound if I get a dog, keep her away from you. you know? <laughs> well I'm not gonna you eat your dog. Barbecue my dog. I'm definitely not gonna eat your dog. I'm not gonna eat your dog unless like it's you know, if ain't shit else to eat, like your dog is a fucking sandwich. Are we talking about the apocalypse or yeah, you're no, hungry? No, no, no. <laughs> like definitely you didn't talking eat lunch about, today. No, we're definitely talking about the apocalypse. Like yeah. I'm not gonna eat your dog because it's your fucking pet, but like in terms of me giving a fuck about your dog's life like I don't sorry good, good, <laughs> Damn. Well, cold shit when it comes to between this and Snowpiercer Corey oh Snowpiercer is a way better film mm. just a, a better constructed film better I mean it's, it's about a system and a train like the whole movie just plays out better than this this I didn't really like this movie that much I mm. I, I this movie kind of was lame to me it Damn. just it, it lame though. Yeah, it just it, there's a Corey lot. Corey doesn't part. give a fuck either. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot of parts of this movie that didn't make any sense to me. There's a lot of parts that were just kind of pointless. Do tell, tell me what didn't make sense. Um, why that little girl was faster than a semi when she was running down them stairs. <laughs> Um, right, she was an she American was cha- gladiator. She, yeah, she was an American gladiator <laughs> chasing mean, after the semi. To be fair, she don't do shit but run through the fucking mountains all day. True, like yeah. she does hella Yo, cardio with this girl. With, I, I with, thought about that too. I'm like, she should be pretty fit. That fucking high altitude, like uh-huh. she come here and whoop your ass to her. <laughs> this girl broke the glass on on the door again. She jumps off the mountain. <laughs> uh, what else did this superhuman do in this film? Like, I, you know. Um, I, what's his face? He got beat up in the truck, and I didn't really understand that. Uh, what's his face? What do you? Uh, the dude oh, from Steven Yoon. Steven Yoon. Yeah. Uh, he got beat up. I actually uh, think he's better in here than he is in like most of the Walking Dead. Yeah, well, Walking Dead sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> that. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, shout shit. outs you to just, anybody. Yeah, up. yeah. I, the Walking Dead sucks. It's a shitty TV show, Damn. but we keep watching it. Yeah, and you know you shouldn't be watching it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like yeah. you should. There's just a lot of this. It, I told them earlier that this movie played out like a live-action Disney movie. It had your 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 eccentric villains, your eccentric sidekick, your your creature that's like 
a thing. Like it's not, but it's it, but it's familiar, but it's not a real thing. You've got a child. Obviously, most Disney movies have a child. Uh, whose and, parents are dead? Whose parents have died? I mean, mm-hmm. the movie was just. I just thought it was okay. It didn't move me. The special effects aren't that good. Yeah, special effects. The movie just the movie just did nothing for me. So, damn. Well, you didn't. So I mean, that missed a point. I I named a few earlier, but yeah, no. Well, just the, all right. So I, I feel you on the live action Disney film. Yeah. But is that a bad thing though? I mean, it's not really a bad thing per se, but like the movie, I, it with the random cursing and the 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 super pig holocaust at the end, right. like it doesn't know what it wants to be. It, it's it's like. It feels like we're gonna tell this really serious thing, but we're gonna sprinkle in some Disney esque moments in it so you don't, you know, cry. Mm. You know, and then the the characters, like you're right, like um, the dude, the dude who's the boss of the the uh, I don't even know their names. Paul, Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Yeah, yeah. Paul Dano. Like his, I thought his character was gonna be a bad guy. Yeah, that was that whole scene where he beat. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. saying when he beat him up, it didn't make any sense. It was weird. And then uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, oh, you said it I, overacted oh, like a yeah. like a motherfucker. I enjoyed Jake Gyllenhaal. He oh, took right. it back to Bubble Boy. <laughs> he don't even get closure on his character. He just falls into the crowd. Uh, Tilda Swinton plays herself. You know what I mean? She, 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 she plays she, her creepy self and then her plays, bitchy self. She plays two versions of her creepy creepy self. Like, I, why is uh, Gus in the movie? Gus didn't need to be in this movie. <laughs> well, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, like he has I, a name. I know. I know. I'm probably gonna get shit about that too. Oh, I, didn't, I was like, who the fuck is Gus? I know who Giancarlo Esposito yeah. is. Oh well, you know he plays Gus in Breaking Bad. You, I don't watch. Oh, that. okay. Yeah, no. He, that's pretty. That's pretty much probably like the defining character of his of his career, outside of like uh uh when in uh bugging out, thing, bugging out, yeah. bugging out. Julian, I remember him from Spike Lee movies. Yeah, but, but now bugging, I, I'll say bugging out he, and Gus are like he was the fucking two. Fucking Esteban B. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, man. He um Gus, I think is overshadowed. That I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, I mean, it's kind of a cultural. I guess it's a vantage point. Icon thing. thing. That too, but um, yeah, I know I made a joke that like this is kind of showing where he gets his chickens for Los Pollos, Hermanos. <laughs> you know he's the he's the narrator in Dear White People. Yeah, of course. And even going back to that, like that little girl, like it, it played like a Disney movie where like she got into secret access. How'd they get into that that farm at the end? Yeah, I don't they know. drove to it. They, they drove, drove to, to the to Super Pig secret no killing facility. Yeah, I don't, that was, like, I don't it's, think it's that hard to get into a slaughterhouse, though. But it, it's a Super Pig slaughterhouse, not a not a regular slaughterhouse. The Super Pig slaughterhouse that the community doesn't know about. I mean, Peter gets into them shits all the time. I'm just saying, this little girl got into this shit, yeah. and I, I mean, the the movie just it was absurd. The movie was absurd. She's on top of a semi. Yeah, that was it's a weird. movie because it's a fantasy movie. Uh, big, it's a fantasy. <laughs> it's a fantasy movie, and and I, it just the fantasy wasn't there for me. Well, well, see, to me, that's where that's that's kind of what I'm saying is like where maybe I don't think they missed the mark on the messaging, but I think when you start mixing it in with all these fantasy fantasy elements, it kind of just forces you to not think about the issue as seriously. It's silly because it's a it, it is silly, but but I mean, it had to been. I guess it was a device. Built that way for a specific reason. What's your take on it, though, Jesse? I'm interested. It seems like they're trying to build like almost like a broader audience for this type of film because it does have more stuff that you see in a traditional adult film, but it's also like a kids' film at the same time. Like to me, like I, I think about like you both have daughters and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. what age do you think is the right age to see a film like this? My daughter could watch mm-hmm. this. Yeah, 
Mine, mine she wouldn't understand it right now. But I, I think I a lot like, of the messaging would go over my daughter's head, but she would be invested in the little girl's mm-hmm. story more so than and, the political messages. And do you think right. it would be something she would watch over and over and probably eventually get? Like one of those type. Uh, maybe she. I mean, she doesn't understand how Harry Potter is about like racism and genocide. But, but you watch the <laughs> shit out of it, right? Yeah, yeah. But she watches it for the fan, like the fantasy elements of it. And over time, she's really into Planet of the Apes. I don't think that she gets oh, yeah. that that's about racism. But right. like, does she watch the old ones? No, she okay. she. But like, we went to see Spider Man, and when Planet of the Apes came on, she was like, "Oh my god, Planet of the Apes, yes!" Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> "She knows this shit is about black people." <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. yeah. We'll see. But I think that's interesting. I feel like a kid would get that experience from that. And I feel like that's what I remember from a lot of the uh, films that I watched as a kid. Like a lot of Disney films and stuff like that. As you get older, you watch them and you start to pick up on more stuff. Mm-hmm. So, And the scene after the credits was stupid. You were it here really when I was, was watching it. It was stupid. Oh, it I really didn't even was. pay attention to that. Like, yeah, there's, there's a scene, scene after the credits. credits. It's oh. stupid. You don't what need to watch it? it. Paul, Jay gets out of jail and he gets on the, you know, uh, I guess the bus that's taking him out of the facility and... The, the guy that he beat up is yeah. in there. Yeah, that's the thing. He beat Steven Yin, Yuen? Yun. Yun. He beat him up, and then he saves the day at the end. Yeah, he basically comes, and he's like, hey, you know, we added another member to the revolution, and it's like another Korean dude, mm-hmm. and they're on this bus, and it, it it actually, I don't even get the purpose that it served, to be perfectly honest. like The director knows. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, did you, did you understand what that was about? It, they were going towards another, an event, that the CEO was doing. That's yeah. what they were saying. They said, I, I have to replay it, but that's what it, I vaguely remember. I don't yeah. want to fucking see Ultra 2, though. Like, keep that yeah, shit. Yeah, nah. I thought they were going to a slaughterhouse or something, but I, I wasn't really, I couldn't tell like what exactly was going on. Well, they're on a public bus, and they I it, they alluded to they were going to, they were like, this this is a big event. The CEO is going to be there. Yeah. So they were just going to something that the CEO is going to My get. thing is, did that scene add any value to no, the film? No, it added nothing. Whatsoever. Nothing. Zero. I don't. I guess it's kind of like how futile like that that type of thing can be, or like this whole this right this warrior thing where it's like okay, you guys are just gonna keep trying and keep going in jail, and people are still gonna eat this super pig. Like right. you're it, like you're you're fighting a lo- losing battle. You're fighting a lost cause. But what does but that say about like? Yeah. What does that say about protesting in general though? Like I think that that's very interesting. Like, yeah, like that, no, from the perspective of what you said, like, does it really change anything? Like, is it is it worth the effort? Are you really going to change people's minds? Are you really making an impact for the for the type of risk that you're taking and the type of danger that you've put people in? Like, is it is it as impactful as as the risk you take in? Well, it's hard to say because we don't really know like what her sales were for the super pigs like after it went to market. So it's oh, a good point. It's like we don't know if it made that a good impact or not. Right. But we know it hit the media. But we it's like hard to tell. Well, she like, said it's gonna sell anyway, so Yeah, she said that if it's cheap, people will eat it. But but so they they did PETA style, they showed like all these shocking images of how the super pigs were being treated in the slaughterhouse. And you know, PETA does that. They'll they have they stand out in front of the, the circus or whatever with their protest signs and all these things and people are like don't just don't look at them and keep walking. Right. So I'm very I'm very curious about like you said, is it futile? Is it is it really making an impact? Well the circus is gone now, right? Or uh the, the black circus is still a thing. Universal is still oh, a yeah, thing. Oh yeah, black circus. Yeah. No, Barnum and Bailey closed up. Barnum and Bailey. Yeah. They closed up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, this I was their, their last season. Mm-hmm. Really? Is it because of the well, it was, I don't, I don't think so. ticket I think sales? Some of it, it might be though. 
Oh, declining ticket we, we, sales. We may not from... know, but declining ticket sales. And and pressure from groups probably wow, contributed to a lot of that. Wow, that's yeah. big. Mm-hmm. That's very big, actually. My grandfather's going to be... He's gonna be heartbroken because that's like his favorite Universal. thing to do. You can still go to the Soul Center. Yeah, centers. yeah, he could, but I think like him going to Barnum and Bailey was like it was. I think it was something he did as a kid and uh, is one of his only memories of like his father. So I think it's like more of one oh, of those things. Well, for I think him. like I think like Soul Circus is it's dope. I it, like it. No, I've I've been a couple times and it's so black and I love everything black. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I think like with Barnum and Bailey being gone, that the Soul Circus will really like win off of that because they're really them. They're really the only circus that still has animals. I don't think anybody else is still touring with animals because there's just them in like Cirque du Soleil. Right. Which mm. who the fuck wants to watch people flip for three hours? I'm good. <laughs> a lot of people they, they sell out a lot. Yeah. I'm they not do interested. numbers. <laughs> they do a lot of numbers. I know, but I'm just I'm saying like that that's but that's their brand, right? Yeah, We're yeah. the circus without animals, and then there's only one circus with animals. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Cirque du Soleil was cool for like the first 30 minutes to an hour, but after a while, you're just like, Yo, what about watching right now? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think anything, you watch it for like three hours, you're yeah. like, all right, bro. I'm yeah. it's, like, it's just kind of a weird thing. But uh, so going back to the director, though, so we cut, you know, Snowpiercer. Did you, did you give, did you say how you feel about Snowpiercer in uh, comparison to this? Oh, I didn't even talk about the movie yet. Um, I like Snowpiercer better. Mm-hmm. And because that that was like my favorite action movie of the year, it might have been in like my top three favorite movies of that year. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is it's kind of like a it's hard because it's a love hate relationship. Like I love Netflix for letting me see this because I don't think this would have came to anywhere but the narrow, but and it would have went like or the narrow, it would have went like several weeks afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like watching stuff on a small screen. And I know uh, at cons or whatever, this got booed unanimously, like in the beginning and the end of the uh, screening, because it's like people are like, no, this should be in theaters. Like this whole give your movies to Netflix is like messing up the game. It's not. It's not respecting cinema, and in a sense, I kind of like agree with that. I think this I would have bombed in a theater, though. It would have bombed, but I would much rather. I probably would have had a much enjoyable experience in the mm-hmm. theaters rather than watching it like on my TV. That's fair, especially with some of the action sequences. Well, I, I think people just kind of got to get used to the fact that like Netflix is here to stay. You know, I mean, you got when you got you know Amazon Prime. Well, they they did have a theatrical release. Yeah, but, they uh, have they, they have Manchester. theatrical releases, and then they bring them back six months later and put it on Prime. So, yeah. oh, I think I would think people it. would be bigger about that. Like, it's about cinema. It's about making movies. It's about getting them out there to, to people. Right. You know, like I would think people would have a bigger stance. Yeah, I know? think they got to respect that. Like people, people are getting legitimate jobs. They're getting work. Yeah. You know, it's like people that probably wouldn't work are actually getting work. So when you start talking about these, like. Theater projection purists, like, what is your goal? Like, I mean, you... I agree. If it's if it's a thing, like, I think Beast of No Nation was made before, um, and then Netflix like bought it or something like that. Yeah, I want to say that. Like, yeah. I would rather it be like, okay, Netflix cuts a check for you to make a movie and it comes out on Netflix, because I feel like as a director, you're gonna like think about, oh, this is gonna be seen on a TV screen rather than a big movie. And in a sense, it's like I would rather if you're making a movie, you beforehand you like put it in theaters first mm. because you're making a movie for a theater like you're not making it for people to watch on like their cell phones or their tablets or their tv screens mm. and i think it should be viewed in the movie theater first at least it is a different experience yeah 
Yeah. There is some value in that. I mean, there's a lot of movies you're right. Like, I would rather... This is not one of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, when I want to see... Uh, me, For me personally, I enjoy seeing summer blockbusters on big, big giant screens and loud stereo systems in the... I guess theater, it's also but... like the distraction too. Like I'll be texting or checking Instagram or something in the middle of the uh, movie, and it's like I I never do that during a the movie theater. Like it forces you to focus. Yeah, yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Like I watch this movie yeah. in two parts. I watched the first hour at home, and then I watched the first hour before we did the podcast. Like I just yeah, I wasn't. But I wasn't into it. I've already explained. My so biases. do you think that like hindered your enjoyment of the movie though? By like no, nah, I just didn't up. like this movie. Oh yeah. I really didn't think this movie was all that great. Like I get why it's on Netflix. Yeah. Like I get it. Yeah, I like, think it, I think it would have tanked in the box office. Oh yeah, it probably would have tanked. Yeah. But I still would have rather seen it in, the, in like a theater though. Yeah. Now was this movie made for to be distributed on Netflix, or was it made and then purchased by Netflix? I don't know. It looks like it seems like it was made and purchased to me. If it was made and purchased, I get it. Probably other studios were like, "Nah, I'm straight." Yeah, because Snowpiercer bombed. So yeah, but like, it, but, I'm it show, but it showed it showed was, was Snowpiercer theatrical release? Because I didn't have not heard anything about limited it. Limited. I didn't hear about it until it came on Netflix. Yeah, I saw it at uh, the AMC 24 in Hampton. Shout out to your old job. Yeah, that was, that was my first job. <laughs> your buttons and um, shit. So, but um, the, but no, I think it. I think it was. Made specifically via Netflix because it showed at Khan with Netflix on the front and back, right? And Khan is normally where you would go to try to sell it to a distributor, right? Really, I thought I thought they made it and then Netflix like cut the check for distrib- distribution, but I'm not like sure though. Yeah, Shout out to our either. listeners if you know, please let us know what the I, actual truth is. Like honestly, I don't think any filmmaker at like Bong Joon Ho's level is like I'm going to. Show every. I want to show my stuff in Netflix. I think every director at that level who's like an artist is like, well, I want people to see this on a big screen, right? But when Netflix come with that bag, though, like, you yeah, know. you know, you're not gonna get that check from the. Yeah, like, you might as well take it. I guess it I, makes more sense. I, I feel like. I mean, I, I know. I feel like. Um, it probably is a thing for filmmakers to want to see their, their, you know their product in a big theater, but I think it's also more of a thing that they actually continue to work and to get their, you know, their vision out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I'm pretty sure, you know, when you look at like Spike Lee or you look at people like, um, um, who were some, you know, even Will Smith, you mm-hmm. know, and, and Brad Pitt, these, you know, plan B who, who was involved with this, right? you know, when they're, they're, they're giving their property over to, uh, Netflix and giving their likeness to Netflix. I think it's just, at the end of the day, it comes down to like, I want to make art and I want to get paid for it. You know, and if Netflix is willing to pay me generously for my art, I, I don't think it's a hard, a hard compromise. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's guaranteed viewership. Guaranteed like at least, viewership. at least when you go into the theater, there is still some risk with yeah. some properties. Right. Like, at least this, you know, someone's going to watch it. And if, and if something bombs in a the theater, that can, I, that can probably inhibit your funding going further. Yeah. You know, like you become like you become a high risk venture. You know what I mean? I mean, most of Edgar Wright's movie have movies have bombed though, or they weren't that like commercially successful. Right. But I mean, he's white though, so yeah. Well, well, shouts well, to being white. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, this shit he, seems pretty lit. But that would be, <laughs> I would be interested to know like how much shit does he have to go through? You know, does he have to get grants for his funding? Does he have to get like? What kind of hoops he has to jump through to get his funding, you know, as opposed to like Christopher Nolan. Well, one thing I do like is that he like this is still like kind of a Korean movie, but there's like a lot of American actors in it and British actors and whatnot. And in a sense, it's like 
when you compare his career to uh, Chan Wu Park, who did Old Boy, mm-hmm. um, he they both got their like American movie. Like Chan Wu Park's was Stoker, which I didn't really like that much, and it I guess it wasn't that successful. He was like, well, I guess I have to go, keep go back to doing Korean movies, and of course, I love like Handmaiden. That was my favorite film that year. Mm-hmm. But I guess I like that Bon Juho is still getting the work with like American actors and British actors and stuff. Is still getting stuff in like the American space, right? Um, but he's still a it's still very much a Korean yeah. film. Yeah, except for well, Snowpiercer didn't really feel like a Korean film. Nice. Yeah. I mean, the only the Korean guy I think is like the architect of the train. Yeah, like that's, that's only really Korean guy. This feels like a of. Korean movie that has American actors in it. Yeah. I I really like that they made the thirteen year old girl the protagonist. You know, I I do like that. You know, that aspect of things, and and that's what I do like about uh uh Bong Joon. Oh, I'm gonna say uh, Jun Hong Bong. I don't know yeah. how you say, it, but <laughs> that's what I like about him too. Um, you know, between this and between Mother, like the you know the unconventional choice of protagonist. Yeah, the host is like a well, it's kind of like a dual protagonist between like the little girl who gets captured by the um, monster and her father who's trying to save her. Mm. So I really like how he deals with like putting women, young women especially, in his films yeah. and showing their agency and stuff like that. Right. I mean, and they're they're Asian, which that those opportunities are far and few between, especially right. in a in an American facing um, film like this. Mm-hmm. They're they're like fighting for Asian American actors are struggling, so it's it's. Just, just normalizing it and making sure that those those options are are viewed as viable for people of color other than just black people mm-hmm. is important. Did have any of you guys seen Mother? Yeah, I actually watched it last week. I didn't. Okay, so I so want to be this person that like Martin's like, this is good. Go watch this, and I get excited about it, and I'm like, fuck, I have to read the entire time. Yeah. Um, and that because they're not speaking in a language that I can watch movies in Spanish and English all day. I'm good. But because they're not speaking a language that I understand, like a lot of the emotion is lost for me, even though I get the body language and but because they're speaking Korean, right? Yeah. It's Korean. Because the language is tonal anyway, I don't, I don't ever know what their emotion is like, unless they're like crying or like fucking somebody up. So I'm like lost <laughs> watching mother a lot of the time. I'm not sure what I'm really? supposed to be feeling. I didn't. I didn't get that. I didn't get that at all. Well, that's just me because yeah. I'm reading it, and because they're speaking a tonal language, like I don't always understand what's happening right. in terms right. of the emotion they're conveying. Obviously, I can read the words, right. but it doesn't resonate with me in the same way. Um, and I, I, I couldn't figure out some of the characters and their motivation for that reason in watching the movie. And yeah. I walked away from the movie not knowing like what actually happened. Am I supposed to not know? Was like no, I thought it was very clear what happened. I I wasn't sure if the tinker was lying. Like that's what. Cause did he do it? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he did it, right? Martin, he's talking about the kid, right? Yeah. Oh, for what? In mother. mother. Oh, I haven't seen mother. Oh, you Shut haven't seen mother. I lucky I haven't seen. Get mother. the fuck out of here, Martin. You've been posing this whole time. <laughs> nah, I like I like the host and I like Snowbears and I like this movie. But so why I, you didn't I watch mother? mother? I just never got around to it. I think. My oh, nigga, you know it's what? on the flicks. I watched oh, yeah. it last week. I'm tripping. I thought you put me on the mother. Shout out to Rob Simmons. He's actually the Rob. He, he put me on the mother. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I'm sorry. I take back the posing convo. Uh, so anyway, I mean, never mind. It ain't mother's not important here. But yeah, <laughs> not no. anymore because Martin hasn't seen it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought he had more to add to the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so like to me, even though you guys like 
Snowpiercer better. I felt like the progression of the film and the tonality of this film of Okja was very similar to Snowpiercer, whereas Mother is like completely a different feeling. Oh, yeah, completely different. Yeah, completely. I mean, but it's not really a social commentary as much as... I think it is, though, in a way. I mean, I think it, I think it's, I think it's a mother fighting for her son, but at the same yeah. time, it's like, I think it's supposed to make you think, like, um, in terms of, like, you know, criminal justice systems, even though they're in South Korea, they're not in America, that, like, a, a lot of things go that way, and people, we want to believe people are innocent, and we want to fight on their side, because we want to believe they're innocent even when they're really not. Right. And not knowing what people are capable of and that kind of thing. I give you that. Uh, I, but I, I, yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, I can't really make an argument for it. Um, uh, outside of, you know, like the difference is cause and effect. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like when you talk about Snowpiercer, when you talk about Okja, you know, this is just an overloom. This is something no matter what class system you live in, you're subjected to this problem. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. um, and 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 you know, mother's a little bit different because it's 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 centered around a specific incident, you know. So that's that's I guess that's the way that I separate, the, you know, the different columns. It's like you know what can you avoid and what can't you avoid, sort of thing, you know. I thought it was very interesting too that like, and we'll we'll stop talking about mother after this, but yeah. <laughs> I thought it was very interesting that they because he was mentally challenged, right? You're thinking like all these people are not considering that, you know how they're treating him within the social justice system, which I think like making a murderer is kind of the same, you know, way it's like, Oh, this person has some, some difficulty in terms of comprehension and, and processing information. And we are immediately like wanting to believe that they are not capable of certain things. But in the end, the person who gets in trouble for it and mother also has some mental challenges. Right. And there's, and the person, um, I believe he has mental illness as opposed to like, um, developmental delays like the son. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were so quick to accept that the person who was mentally ill was capable of killing her when in fact it was a person who had some mental deficiencies. Right. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when we tend not way. to, when people are mentally ill, we tend not to like be on their side as much. We automatically assume that they did it. Whereas when a person is slow, it's kind of like, well, they can't do that. And I'm like, hmm, it's very interesting, the juxtaposition there as opposed to how we would process it in real life. Mm. Well, yeah, in conclusion for that, y'all should go see Mother, man. It's a very interesting film. Um, So when you talk about the, uh, when we talk about the realism of this film, I mean, you know, is that is that even a topic that needs to be covered? Like, we're going back to Okja, like, is, is this, do you guys feel like that this is something that happens, like, in theory? No, well, out yeah. of outside of super pigs i mean this happens to real this happens to real animals mm-hmm. like we pigs and chickens are are herded into a killing machine i mean there's there's like a chicken holocaust like every single day right so it's like <laughs> like every single the day chickens live in concentration camps like i mean every I just, yeah. like, this is so fucked up but i just had like a vision of chicken in striped pajamas i'm going to hell oh, anyway wow <laughs> wow but no, I mean this this does happen to animals that we eat. They're not taken care of and caressed and then put out of their misery when they get to an old age. They're right. they are bred and killed and all these other things. Right. So for we get, our consumption. For our consumption. Mm-hmm. So. And how okay with that are we if the animals loved whatever. Mm-hmm. So weird. Um did did you feel a strong connection to this film, Martin? Um yeah, I guess so. Um, 
I feel a strong connection to the director, mm. in a sense, because I I really don't see like a lot of American directors like being this like bleak and doing like these kind of like taking genres and subverting them. Like mm. I guess the closest thing I would think of is like Darren Aronofsky, mm. but you know, Requiem for a Dream is like an adaptation, and Black Swan it kind of took from Perfect Blue, so like. Bong Joon Ho is doing like original films, and like I just love, I just love his style really, mm. more so than the actual film. Mm. Speaking of the scene that's playing in the background, the viewers can't see. Why is the television guy even in the laboratory? <laughs> like, why, he's a television. Yeah. He's a television he's guy. Extra. He's yeah. literally the well, he was the face of a thing. He's a television host. But he was right. like, why is he in the laboratory? Isn't his character like the crocodile hunter, like no. that kind of guy? That's well, yeah, yeah, but why is he like Steve Irwin? Yeah, but he like, they I let him you, in there. He, ha- he has like security clearance at such a high level of like under you know the yeah. process. And it's like, you know, what is his qualification? I thought he loved animals. I thought yeah. that's his whole thing. So wouldn't he be the person that you don't want <laughs> inside yeah. of this well, thing? Well, I think you know? that that's what you're supposed to be learning, too, that he's not really... I mean, I don't know if it's Steve Irwin Shade. I hope not. But I think, like, sometimes we put these expectations on people's beliefs when we don't actually occupy their headspace. At the end of the day, he's a celebrity, and that's what he was wanting to protect. Right. That's true. Valid point, but but I agree with you though. It still doesn't clarify why he's inside the laboratory. Like it doesn't, yeah. it does nothing for that. But yeah, I'm with you. On, I didn't, I didn't even think about that, Corey. I, I didn't think about it because I, I, I can see the screen from here, and yeah. I just been naming shit that keeps popping up that made me scratch my head this whole fucking two hours of movie. Yeah. Like this movie is just wacky to me. Do you feel like the comedic undertones in this film did they hurt or help the? I like the shit like that. I like when shit is like campy and. Definitely, Jake Gyllenhaal, Tilda Swinton, and and Jake Gyllenhaal are both very campy in this movie. I'm here for it. But she was campy in Snowpiercer too. So. I do yeah. like Tilda Swinton. She does that thing very well. Mm. That thing she does, whatever the hell it is. That neurotic. That yeah. That that's a, she's like an older uh, Johnny Depp, older female Johnny Depp, mm. and she does it well. So she's Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess yeah. what you're saying. Well, I Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter have the same face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I like what she did. She does what she normally does. So, she did her job. Oh, right. Treasy, do you like her playing sisters better in this movie or Hail Caesar? Oh, Hail Caesar. Uh, well, yeah, I liked Hail Caesar a little bit better. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that the you know the scenes were a little bit more and just talking from like a technical aspect. I feel like that they were a lot more challenging to do here. You know their interactions with each yeah. other and stuff like that. I feel like it was a little bit more challenging here. But the dynamics of the characters, I like them. I like their in Hell Caesar a lot better, personally. You know, and you're and you're right, Corey. She does do that thing very well. I guess. But, yeah. Uh, how about the comedy in in the film to you, Jesse? Did it? I feel like it, it was it was well done. I feel like you kind of need it in a film like this, or else it'd be like too depressing. But I feel like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, he just went overboard for me. Yeah. Like I feel like he could have took it down a notch, and it still would have been <laughs> effective. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you on that. All right, so let's get into the characters then. Um, just kind of gloss over them. So Mija. Outside of the fact that she knows parkour and she's extremely she could run faster than a semi. Yeah, she's like Shinobi in this film. (laughs) (laughs) She got down the mountain very quickly in the beginning. Right. 
Right. So, but as as a character though, did you guys did you guys appreciate her? I, I really liked her character, like mm-hmm. the determination just to get your friend back. It's simple, but I mean, she didn't break throughout the whole way. I was, I was rooting for her. I cared about her goal, but I didn't really care about her. Hmm. I'm Explain. with you. It, it, that's where to me it sounds like a Disney film. The character like, doesn't really have any depth. No, it's just the mission, which is like this mission that you're just you it's spoon fed to you what she wants to do you know what she wants to do right she and and ultimately you know she's going to save the animal yeah. so i wasn't sure i mean because yeah. i know how the story ends in real life i yeah, you know, yeah. I, ate, I ate i ate sausage in a beef casing <laughs> this morning you know like i know how this story ends so i i honestly i didn't i didn't go into it knowing that she was going to rescue it i thought it was all going to be like you know all this for nothing type shit which is not uncommon now with movie endings just being like, ah, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Well, I just felt like that would have been a more realistic ending, and I and I, and I thought, you know, outside of outside of the obvious, I thought this movie was going for realism. You did um, outside of the obvious, like you know. Um, well, I think with Tilda Swinton and Jake Gyllenhaal's characters, like you're really not supposed to take it but so seriously. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, but you know, even still, it took a couple. You know, it took turns that I didn't think it would take. You know, we talked about how the guy who had up Peta, you know, to protect his forty-year-old credo for mm, <laughs> for yeah. Peta, he knocked the guy almost unconscious, fucking Goodfellas style. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was a turn that I didn't expect to happen. So you know, it's like it had these dark pockets, even within the comedy. The movie had these dark pockets, and you just kind of it just kind of left you on a rope. You never, you know, when he told her like, "Don't look back at the screen." You know, before this whole screen thing happened, I was kind of terrified. Like, yo, what the fuck is going to show up on this screen that she's not supposed to see? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, there's a couple of pieces and just the use of Paul Paul Dano. I think that's how you pronounce his name, Dano. Um, you know, when I look at his track record of movies from, he's you know. He's always somebody crazy. He's always, he's always creepy uh, or crazy. Yeah. And with, with anger issues, you know, mm-hmm. like underlying anger issues. So, you know, I didn't, I really didn't know. At a certain point, I started realizing I didn't know where the fuck this was going. To be honest, in terms of like the ending, um, um, how did you did you like Mija's character, Martin? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's I liked it. I'm I'm kind of used to it watching Asian films and stuff, so I'm kind of used to like this this trope of this girl like searching. And I guess it is kind of like also a Disney film, mm-hmm. whereas but it's a is subverting a Disney film because it's like a girl and her monster or a girl and her animal against kind of the world, but they, it's much darker and it's much more like about the themes of capitalism. Um, but I, I was cool with Misha. I didn't really have a problem with her performance or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think you just, you, but also Bong Joon Ho has this thing in his movies where it's like he is juxtapositioning. Juxtap- Juxtapositioning. 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 Oh, juxtaposing Korean culture or Koreans and American influence and Mm. the uh, the detrimental American influence. So it is kind of like she's this fish out of water in a sense. Ah. And she's she's really doesn't care about like capitalism or American influence or being a star. She just has her goal. And I like that about her. She's not like influenced by everything around her. Mm. Okay. And I, I guess that's kind of like also some of his themes in his in his films is like, well, Korean people, yeah, we're surrounded by this American influence, but we're still trying to like keep our own identity and still trying to do what we need to do. Mm. Interesting. Were you about to say something? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that is a good takeaway. 
Um, you know, I got the determination aspect that you guys were speaking about. I liked her character personally. I, I thought it was, uh, you know, she was she she wasn't taking no shit, man. You know, I wish I had half the determination that young girl had. On this I film. thought it was interesting too that she was her own person. Her grandfather was telling her how she needed what she want she should want, mm-hmm. and she just was kind of living above that and had her own goals. So, and she was she was enjoying the happiness that she had. So maybe that was good because she lived on the mountain. She wasn't necessarily influenced in those ways either as a as a as a girl um, to want to aspire towards like marriage and motherhood so much as she just was living life. So I kind of like that too. Right. How did she get through customs with that gold um, pig just in her there pouch? Was... Good point. You know, she what probably I'm took a private plane. Though. I think she was on a private. Oh, plane. Yeah, they yeah. moved her. They don't have private planes. You can't take private planes from. Can from you? Seoul? Yeah. From we're from, friends with South Korea. It's North Korea that we're not doing. Yeah, business but I, with. I, I thought she couldn't do private flights like in between continents. You can, yeah, why can't yeah. you? How do you think celebrities do it? Celebrities take commercial flights, but they just get like those super expensive. What you call it? Like when I, I, when I, I you think like Jay took a commercial up. flight to Cuba. He was on Delta. He was up <laughs> well, front. Well, I mean, that's something we weren't. We, we're not even supposed to be in Cuba at the time that he was in Cuba and stuff like that. But like, so Jay so got think, a, a show in Paris. Period. I think he took a boat. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> no. But I, I, unless I'm completely wrong, like I, I don't know if you I private jets. I'm pretty sure that she was on either a cargo plane or a private jet. Like mm. I think she was fine. I don't think she was on like a, a regular. You still kind of got to go through customs. Though. I'm yeah, with you still got to go through customs yeah. regardless. Yeah, wow. she got through customs with this solid gold pig. <laughs> <laughs> I've never flown in a private jet to be able to tell you yeah. customs or not. I'm, I, but that would it would make sense that you would. Yeah, nobody questioned her. Um, <laughs> I just thought of something inappropriate. Anyway, mm. um, okay, so on to Tilda Swinton, Lucy. She played Lucy and Nancy Mirando, the uh, the crazy CEO daughters of the founder of the Mirando Company. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what do we say? She she was basically doing her thing. Her yeah, Tilda I like Swinton her. Thing. She does that in a lot of movies. She does her character acting and. She mm. should have been Effie Trinket in the Hunger Games. I don't know why she wasn't, but that um, would have been a that would have been a fitting character for mm-hmm. her for sure. I, I like both of her performances, but that scene where she was interacting with herself, I thought that was not well done. It seemed like it was a little off. And the CGI oh, really? or okay. the acting? And, no, because it seemed like she was trying to act with herself, but it seemed like the timing or something was off. Was not, was That's it. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look at this ridiculous potato gun that was up. <laughs> like that shit is is ins- it's off the screen now. Like that, that, like really that, that was one of the things I saw is. earlier. I was like, "This potato gun mm-hmm. is in, is just absurd." Mm. Sorry, guys. All real, right. real quick, um, just <laughs> Corey to talk hates about the movie in case anyone yeah, didn't hasn't picked up on that. Right? <laughs> um, if you're talking about two actors interacting with each other, the last season of Fargo, season three, mm. Ewan McGregor played. You know, he had two characters, and he had a pretty badass scene where he was interacting with himself. It was pretty, pretty dope. Why is that becoming like a thing now? Like an actor playing like. It's twin sibling, and that, I'm seeing that kind of a lot in the past two, three years. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's a. Uh, my favorite one is the Devil's Double with um, who? Was, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. What's that guy's name? Uh, Dominic Cooper, right? Yeah, yeah Dominic yeah. Cooper. He's yeah. dope. He does yeah. bad movies, but he's dope. Yeah. Like, I mean, even though he was playing like an Iraqi dude when he's yeah. not, but um, <laughs> but yeah, that that was probably like the best performance I've seen of like somebody acting against themselves. Yeah, that was good. That was a very well done film. Um, I mean, we kind of really covered the characters. Jake Gyllenhaal, what he was over the top. 
I appreciate Jake Gyllenhaal doing something different, though. I do appreciate that aspect. Different from what? He, right. I mean, there's Bubble Boy, but I mean, ever since and Bubble Boy. There's Donnie Boy, Darko, too. Okay, since early Johnny, Jake Gyllenhaal. Because like <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Gyllenhaal. Johnny Jake I don't know, Gyllenhaal. I just haven't seen him do that lately. So, I mean, it was Nightcrawler. nice. Nightcrawler is pretty different. <laughs> yeah. Damn, I guess I'm, yeah, uh, never mind. I still don't like him in this movie. So, uh, <laughs> no, nah, because he, he was good in Nightcrawler. Yeah, he was he really was good. But it was so, the same kind of campy thing. But it was good. It wasn't this. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny, man, and I, I'll go on record by saying this. I think Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he has like this rolodex of like three different types of people he plays, and like just depending on how the film was written, is how he falls into the character. There's always he all he's, there's one character that blinks a lot or blinks really hard. <laughs> there's always you know there's that you know what I'm saying, uh, and and that's like a, a tick for that character. Then there's this you know sort of like the. Uh, I can't really get control of my emotions. And da, 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 da. there's that, and uh, and and I feel like this is an extension of what he played in Nightcrawler. To be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. this is this fucking I, weird ass guy. It's over the top, effeminate Nightcrawler guy. Uh, I'd yeah, say so. Yeah, sociopath. But no, he has emotions. This guy's like just a fallen celebrity. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Jake Gyllenhaal's a bad actor because I don't think that, but I just think that he, like, I really do think that his. You think he doesn't have the range? I don't think he has as much range as like I think he just gets in great films, you know what I'm saying, mm. and and he just he he performs well enough for us not to question it. But so yeah. you think he's Josh Brolin? Mm. Oh no, <laughs> I think well that's okay. I I can framing it that way. I can understand why you make that comparison. So for anybody who doesn't know, Martin doesn't it, he thinks Josh Brolin is overrated? I, I don't think we ever put that episode out, did we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway. Jake Gyllenhaal did Prince of Persia, so uh, that's pretty. He got a check though. Yeah, yeah check. definitely got. And a he's check. still working, so it's all good. Yeah, he he bounced back. Yeah, he took a L though. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then the the last person that I had marked for us to talk about was, uh, you know, Paul Dano. He played Jay, the uh, the leader of the the Alf. Pretty much, yeah, Alf, the PETA organization. Um, and and I feel like this is the same character that he plays all the time for the most part, you know. Uh somebody who's committed to he's committed to a certain disposition and um he can snap at any moment. He's just always wound really tight. His, his face film. creeps me out. He doesn't have a chin. Yeah, he doesn't. You're right. <laughs> he doesn't. It's like his just kinda He's got a lip and a neck. Lip, um, yeah. Which I've heard is characteristic of people being inbred, but let me let me not do that. Yeah, please don't do that. That's like a real dark. <laughs> he, turn, has, no, he has a he has a really weird like Benjamin Button thing. Like he just doesn't get older than seventeen, and it's like look at him. Yeah, <laughs> we're looking at the film. Yeah, if we're anyone missed that, right? But like he doesn't he doesn't get any older, and him being like this ominous person beating people up, but he's like physically. A wiry teenager is really weird for me. Mm. He creeps me out, obviously. Mm. I, I didn't. I didn't hate this character. Um, I, I, I don't know if I like how they framed this this animal rights organization as like these people who come in and save the day, but at the same time, like do it responsibly because they really didn't give a fuck if the animal died. They were just more concerned about exposing the corporation right. and they really didn't give a fuck about media. They had their goal, but it was kind of like, um, in the scene where he's like, well, we won't do it without your permission. And I'm thinking like, do we really believe that? Cause everybody around him was like, are we just gonna, are we going to abort? Right. 
if, if she says no, are we going to abort? And right. I'm like, fuck, no, they're not. Yeah. So I, I just, I, but I would have liked to have seen like her say no and them do it anyway. Well, yeah, she did. Well, that, that's, that's what happened. What happened. <laughs> no, she said yes. No, she no, said no. She said no. The translator said yes. He oh. lied. That's why he got slammed. Yeah, into that's the why table. he whipped his ass. Oh, see, I missed that because he admitted that he I lied. I was texting on my phone. Yep. See, she saw it in the theater. <laughs> I was reading. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm curious to know who underwrites the whole operation for this whole Alf thing because those motherfuckers were wearing ski masks and getting big old eighteen wheelers and doing jumping off bridges into water like traveling. His parents are probably rich, like 12 monkeys, you know? Yeah, but I don't, like, where, well, you how? you think about how people fund PETA. Yeah, but PETA's not putting on ski masks and jumping off, unless, unless I'm totally gone, misled whoa, about whoa, whoa, whoa. who PETA they're not, is. They're not, like, PETA has, shout out to them not being in one town over, but, like, PETA, when I watched the documentary about the founder, um, who lives in Norfolk, weirdly enough, but they went to John Paul Gaudier's store, like, and stripped naked and poured blood all over themselves and stood in the window. Like, they do some wild shit. I believe, no. And they, and they have, the thing is, they, ha- they don't have money for semis, but they can afford them because they have stupid amounts of money for lawyers. Right. And, you know, they're funded by whoever just believes in their cause and wants to give them money. Profit, yeah. Well, they get money from some people who are like me and you who are regular people, and then they get money from people who have a lot of fucking money. Right. So. No, I can believe it, but it's just, I mean, you know, pouring pig's blood on yourself as opposed to like, you know, doing a swan dive off of She a- vandalized John Paul Gaudier's store and like on a high street in Paris, like- and got yeah. away with it. She has fucking money. Yeah, that is. They would, they would do that too. They, would, they were the ones, you remember seeing people like wearing fur and they'd throw paint on them and stuff like that. Yeah. That was Sheeta doing that, which I don't agree with either. You're, Yo, you're vandalizing someone else's. Yo, Peter's you're hella assaulting aggressive. Somebody. You're assaulting someone who. I, I um, didn't know Peter was that aggressive. They, they've, they've had periods of aggressiveness, I believe. I can't speak for it because I don't have their Wikipedia up in front of me, yeah. but like they've had moments in history where they get aggressive. So like and, a, if, if somebody from Peter was sitting here during this conversation, after everything you say that's like aggressive, what they say, mm-hmm. allegedly, or are they pretty like well, out I saw about? this on camera. I'm not. And I don't. I like, on a documentary of, from them, like oh, I don't okay. think it's something they they do like every weekend either. Right. It's like you know they pick and choose when they right. want to. They have stealth like operations where they that like too. obviously they get those videos from people that they pay to like pose Put as like workers and yeah, <laughs> yeah and go in with cameras. Like actually in the documentary I watched the guy that was going in there. I know him in real life. He went to high school with me. He kept fucking it up. Shout out to you. He kept but, fucking what up? Like the camera wasn't recording or he was sick and didn't go to work. And, oh, shit. Um, Apparently if you work there, you have to kind of, you can't eat meat. Like you have to believe in their mantra. If you work for PETA? Yeah. Oh, I wonder what their break room looks like. <laughs> their break room refrigerator tofu'd out. Yeah. yeah. So And, le- and they can get, you know, no leather in your car, no leather seats. Well, yeah. I mean, if their salary's high, if they're paying six figures, I'd fucking change my diet for their ass. You know what I I'm mean, saying? Well, I mean, well, he had to get the job at the chicken plant, and they were paying him. So it wasn't... Oh, so he was double dipping. Oh, you, 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 you no, said he, he worked at a chicken plant, not PETA? No, he worked for PETA undercover at a oh, chicken plant. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. So, so, he, he, yeah. he, so he, he was getting a PETA check and a Tyson check. Yeah, I think it was Tyson or whatever. That motherfucking... Yeah. That dude is a genius. Shout him out again. Oh, shout out to you, <laughs> God damn! I, I, I was just joking. I didn't think he was really gonna do. It. I mean, he. I mean, he went 
to high school with me. If, you, if I, man, he's in the fucking documentary as Chris. And I was oh. like, oh shit, that's That's pretty dope, man. Nah, shout out to you, Chris. Jay made him look different. like an asshole in the documentary. And so fuck Peter for that. Cause I like that guy in real life, but yeah. Mm. But he worked for Peter. Yeah, but pay. they made him look like an asshole. They you have to watch the documentary. I didn't okay. appreciate it because he's 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 a he's an okay person. Like I like him. All right. Well, in uh in summation here, man, how do you guys feel like this is like a double fold question? How do you guys feel like this ranks up against uh Netflix's original content, original movies that we've seen thus far? And how do you think this is going to affect how they what kind of effect is it going to have on their vetting process for films going forward? I know that's kind of a we don't we're not privy to their analytics, so that's kind of a this is really a shooting in the dark. But I bet you Jake Gyllenhaal's ass could get in there and his fucking Steve Irwin get up. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it'll be good for them. Honestly, I think it'll do numbers. Mm-hmm. I, I I joke. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It was an okay film. I'll never watch it again. But <laughs> I I get people will watch it. Mm-hmm. People will watch it and people will enjoy it to some degree. Um, I think it's good that they they're given a platform for these uh, indie directors or these international directors. I, I mean, Netflix movies aren't that good, <laughs> so I guess it's like Beast of No Nation and this, and then it falls all the way down to like, I don't know, Ark and what's all those like weird sci-fi movies that I are high concept. Enjoyed Spectre, mm-hmm. Oh, Spectre! You really Spectrum, like Spectrum? Spectrum, or what is it called? Spectra. Spectrum. Spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Spectrum was okay. I liked it. Yeah. I, Something I to watch. They got a few more original ones coming out this was year. Was War Machine any good? I haven't watched it yet. Halfway through it, was, like, it, it was cool. I, I yeah. mean, was that seems to be the common thread. That seems to be yeah. the common thread about all these movies. They're all right. It's just, they're but okay. I'm not, I'm not mad that I watched it. Like, yeah. they've, they've, yeah. I've seen several movies on there that I'm just not mad at. In terms of their original content, I don't, I don't love it all, but I think in terms of, the quality of what I've seen that they put out, this is on the higher end, like you said, Martin. Like this is Beast of No Nation is, it's decent. Like I do think, like I said earlier, that this would have bombed in the box office. But for my subscription that I'm already paying for a month, I don't feel like I wasted my life watching this at right, all. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think this just proves that they can kind of do a Disney s film. And if they make more films like that, I think they'll be successful. Mm-hmm. I really want to see how Bright's going to do because that's supposed to be like their blockbuster movie. Yeah, that's like that's the Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. That's a, and, and Joel Edgerton, I think, is in that one as well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I I think in, in terms of ranking up with the original films, I think Beast of No Nation is like the pinnacle right now. And then after that, I would say um, Making a Murderer. Making a Murderer. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's oh, a TV I, I thought we were talking about, I thought we were talking about movies. movies. Yeah. yeah. Good point. All right. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, that's a docu series. Yeah, yeah. So I I won't count that. But um, uh, War Machine wasn't bad. I mean, I would probably put this sort of equally with War Machine. I haven't finished War Machine, but what I've seen of it thus far, um, I'd probably watch War Machine before I watch. I'd probably watch this again if my daughter wanted to watch it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's one of those things. Like I'm I'm with Corey. I saw it. I get it. Um, you know, it just the experience wasn't. It just didn't, you know. I don't understand. I don't understand the model of how this is supposed to help Netflix's subscriber base because I feel like even down to the thumbnail for the movie was misleading to some degree. You know, I, I saw the, the picture of the pig. Yeah, but I saw the thumbnail for it, and I'm like, oh, this is a documentary about 
uh, animals. You know, it's. I not, knew it was a fantasy movie. I watched the trailer though. To be fair. Yeah. See, I did not knowing anything about it. Just seeing the thumbnail, I was like, "Oh, this is a documentary about animals." I have, you know, no, you know, no inclination to watch this. You know what I'm saying? And I and I only watched it because you made the recommendation, Lizzie. So, you know, so that's that's my thing about that. But um, what's weird to me is like I don't understand how. Like, cause Netflix, they probably it's been out longer than Amazon Prime Video, right? Yeah, Netflix like, Prime for a while. And I feel like Amazon Prime is like lapping them as far as getting like Oscar nominations. Clearly, like Oakja is like their bid for like maybe an international Oscar or something like that. Well, you have to think Amazon has got money being funneled in through other sources yeah, other than just sure. sub- subscriptions. Like Amazon mm-hmm. is probably much more lucrative business. As a conglomerate than than Netflix is, yeah, and, and they're they they are offering the theatrical portion as well, um, so that probably is a bigger draw for Hollywood yeah. directors, you know. Woody well, Allen. I don't, I think it's weird because I think Netflix kind of wants to do theatrical stuff sometimes, but it's like movie theaters won't allow allow you to like put it out both in like theatrically and on Netflix at the same time. Well, yeah, it doesn't make sense for them. Yeah, the name is Netflix. Mm -hmm. So if you start putting out movies in the theater, it's like I mean, you're you're. I I can watch it for free. Well, I I made this prediction. I made this prediction, and if it's not part of their ten year plan or five year plan, but this ends up happening, I want it to be known that I want to fucking check for this. All right, (laughs) but I think I feel like that their plan is to start making their own chain of theaters. I really feel like that that's where this is sort of going. I think they're investing in the home theater. They know everyone's screens are getting bigger. Everyone's getting better sound systems and stuff like that. And you got screens everywhere now. I feel like they're trying to make it as accessible as possible. Right. That's what I, made I it see genius in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can see that too. But but that, that's that. But that kind of builds on what my theory as well because I I feel like that the making the home exp- keeping the home experience and the theater experience pretty much adjacent mm. and like giving you that option um but it's still under their own control you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. they have they you know right now they're not in theaters because theaters are competing with netflix but if they have their own theaters they're competing with themselves i could, really. I could see netflix releases working somewhere like a cinema cafe or or places that offer food in a movie because yeah. that would draw people into the theater and it's a, it's smaller ticket sales and then they have other revenue streams so it's not as big of a risk for them. Right, right, yeah, that's what I think. I think that they're gonna. I think that they're gonna build their. I feel like that's in ten years. That's what's gonna happen. They're gonna have their own chain of theaters that's going to work with the you know their subscription model somehow. Whether it's like free entry or whatever, discounted entry or discounted concessions. Or whatever the case may be, because of their subscription model. That's where I feel like Netflix is going to end up going to mm. to compete with. Because I don't think you're going to be able to compete fully. You're never going to put out the theater experience. I don't think that's ever going to go anywhere. You know. But um, I think that's why they're doing what they're doing now. Like you, this is this is going to continue to grow. Like there's going to be more cinematic movie theater movie quality films that you can get instantly right but, so i think that's their niche mm-hmm. and i agree but i guess what i'm trying to say is that like it's gonna i think it's gonna hit a cap where it's like they they start realizing that like investing in original content mm-hmm. you know you drop a hundred million dollars on a on a you know mm-hmm. on a will smith movie how much return did that really yield well i'm thinking if that does if that film does well i think you'll see more yeah 
I think that I think a lot hinges on that film. Because if you if that hundred million dollar film does well, then we'll have a couple years of many hundred dollar million films, hundred dollar film, and then it'll grow more. Right. So I think maybe in ten years you'll see hundred fifty, two hundred million dollar films on Netflix. Oh, I guess we'll we'll go to see. I saw a stat that said Beast of No Nations, uh, it was viewed three million times. Mm-hmm. So you know I don't know how that breaks down into their subscriber base. I don't know how that looks. I don't know how much retention came from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but three million times, that just doesn't seem like a lot to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like a Kanye album. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't seem like a lot to me. But uh, I, I, I think to, for the type of content that it is, though. Yeah. I don't think every. I don't think everyone wants to watch like movies about impoverished African children. Um, I think, and then too. I don't know if Idris Elba has as a big of a draw as people would, you know, want for it to do more than that. I definitely watched it. And yeah. I watched it because other people told me to watch it, not because I saw it on Netflix and went, I had to go watch this. So right. I would imagine by now it has way more than that, but you know, yeah. closer to its release date, it probably did. I'm thinking this Will Smith movie is probably gonna eclipse that ten times though. Yeah. I just yeah, think I, I think so. we're in the next phase. It's gonna you know, if we all some of us remember Netflix getting DVDs in the mail. Yeah. And yeah. we remember it being just Netflix content. Now yeah. we're in original content with money. Right. Yeah. So, and I, I remember like the, the shit you can stream being bullshit and all of yeah, the shit you had to order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was trash for like a lot for a while. Or it'd be like four good films, and then the rest was just Sharknados. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> right. We've come a long way though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember reading an article where Netflix was saying, you know, they spend so much money trying to acquire content that they only have on their platform for a set amount of time. And that's why they wanted to switch over to original content because when they own it, they can always have it in their platform. Right. So I think that's kind of what they're trying to do. I wish more platforms would keep stuff like forever. Like sometimes I'm mad when I think that used to be gone. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I wanted to watch Snowpiercer again yeah, to see if I really hated it. Can but... you imagine if there was a platform that nothing ever expired? Right. Oh, that'd be amazing. Well, that, that yeah, that's a licensing thing. But then also too, I because I thought about that before. I also think what what happens with that is, um, you probably don't have as much retention mm-hmm. because you have nothing to look forward to, nothing to draw you back in. You know, if there's all the movies that you want to see, you go through them, boom, boom, boom. All right, I'm fucking done. You know, throw well, I mean, that away. It, let's say Netflix has been. I'd say for five years having at least decent content, right. and it's like imagine if all that content was still on there, mm-hmm. like. You know, you might start watching stuff twice. You might say to yourself, man, like, like, okay, a good example. I watched Skyfall the other night. Right. It used to be on Netflix. Right. I can't watch it anymore. I watched it on my source. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, it would have been Matrix. nice to watch it in Ultra HD, gotcha. you know, whenever the hell I wanted to. I get so, what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would like to see them just keep saving TV shows mm-hmm. that are going defunct because I really like The Killing when it was when it was up there. But yeah, shout out to the Carmichael Show. Hopefully that happens. Yeah, hopefully. I want Carmichael Show to get picked up, and I want Underground to get picked up. picked up from yeah. my mouth to God's ears. Make it happen, Netflix. Make it happen, Netflix. You heard it. Let's get that petition going. So uh, anyway, guys, uh, I guess in summation, go check out Oak just so hopefully this conversation make a little bit more sense to you. It, it actually was a good, you know, it's a good wholesome film. So um, it had a great, it had a good message, I think, in terms of like unpacking yeah. social social constructs, you know, in a simple way, right? If anyone cares. Okay. Oh yeah, one thing like 
I, I know you said it's kind of like a Disney film. I, I I don't know if I would show my kid. If I had a kid, I don't know if I would show him Oakje. It might like. Well, I didn't mean literally. <laughs> I meant like in the story <laughs> style. Yeah. Especially There's no that, sex like, in it and nobody's Alfonso head gets blown off. But you have yeah. your eccentric villains. You have your your girl and her creature and her her very like narrow mission in life for the film. You know, you you have your sidekicks, which all were like quirky and. You know, and she did impossible feats. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's a coming she, of age. She story. got into places like with seemingly little effort. Like mm-hmm. you know, so well, if you do show it to your kid, like as soon as that Alfonso scene starts, like fast forward, <laughs> fast forward like three minutes. Yeah, I feel you. Cool guys. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening and holding on. Uh, make sure you follow us on our social media accounts: uh, Instagram and Facebook at kinda k i n d a movie critics uh and we are also available on twitter at kinda movie crits c-r-i-t-s uh we are episodes are available on youtube some of them on youtube soundcloud (laughs) google play and itunes so if you haven't subscribed uh you're just kind of listening on standby man go ahead and hit that subscribe button and tell your buddies about it hit that little share send it to them in a text message and uh get it popping and again thank you guys especially uh now world and seven sharks, um, and, and and the other people that have co- been commenting and picking up on their responses on our SoundCloud, we really, really do enjoy that. Enjoy reading that stuff, and we also want to know what interests you guys and what you guys take away from these episodes. So it helps us, you know, craft better episodes. So anyway, thank you for listening. Again, we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are and we kind of aren't. We're just a bunch of people who like to watch movies. This has been an on-ear network production.